My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? My uncle abused me. The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. Welcome, Michael Hammer, to the morning meeting. My pleasure. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll, we'll get into what brings you here in a minute, but just tell us a little bit about you. Just uh, kind of, I guess, your average suburban dad, right? Living in New <laughs> Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, two kids, one, one on her way to college, one uh, going to be a junior in high school, been married to the same woman for 23 plus years, so uh, happy to say that. Mm-hmm. And me, uh, just kind of getting by, right? You know, yeah. Trying to get by and, and be uh, as positive as possible, um, put things into perspective, and just uh, keep going in, in these crazy times. And you know, getting getting as much as I can each day, uh, each and every day. Are you? I'm not sure if you're actually a gardener or if you just enjoy taking vegetables and make them taste delicious. <laughs> no, I, I am not a gardener. And, and, and the funny thing about that is that I just got back from my produce guy uh, in, in Edison and uh, picked up a whole new batch of peppers and stuff to make a new batch of uh, hot sauce. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just concoct stuff uh, and make it taste delicious. Yes, you do. Mike has a, a very good line of hot sauce called Hammer's Hot Sauce. So It's Hammer's High Heat. Hammer's High, high heat. heat. Sorry. That's all right. So, okay, good. Good to know. I'm glad to know that you have a new batch coming in because we're running low. So um, I think it's an interesting story that you're about to share. Um, and I actually had a little I'll say trepidation about asking you to share it on the story because it doesn't always fit with the narrative that I, I don't want to say that I push because I hope I'm not trying to push a narrative, but it doesn't always fit with my narrative, right? It doesn't fit with necessarily the, um, the way that I think things happen. And then I thought that, well, that's not really fair. And I should have people on with, with a narrative that's different than maybe what people tend to believe. So I'm excited to have you share your story and, and learn a little bit from you. So I thought maybe you could just start a little bit and um, you know clearly share what you feel comfortable and no more than that. But if you could just talk a little bit about you know your childhood experiences up until you got to college. Yeah, sure. So my, my story is, is obviously unique to me, right? I've, I've uh, spoken in, in high schools and, and told my story and, and with a focus on um, seniors, you know, seniors in high school. And uh, just because my, my life story and, and the crux of my challenging times, if you will, um, was in that sweet spot of high school, right? So uh, with the culmination of, of things really, really coming to a head uh, my senior year of high school. So uh, just kind of Starting it from the, from the beginning, you know, grew up in Queens, um, you know, in, a, in an apartment. My mom and dad were together. I have a sister who's a couple of years older than me, and things were things were cool. You know, we, we lived together for uh, a bunch of years. And in fifth grade, my parents uh, got divorced. My dad moved to Manhattan, and I stayed in the, in Queens with my mom and my sister in the same apartment. And shortly afterwards, um, my mom 
I had uh, a man move in with us. His name was, was Arnie. Uh, Arnie came in and he lived with myself, my sister, and my mom. My dad moved out into New York City. And it was about five, six years that we all lived together, uh, the four of us in the apartment in Queens. And it was uh, five, six years of, of challenging times, to say the least. Um, you know, Arnie was a real interesting character. Um, he was, he was uh, you know, just full of himself, into himself. And we never, ever got along. We never really saw eye to eye. So, you know, just, just in that in itself, um, you know, six years of, of every day, you know, trying to, to, to avoid or trying to not communicate or trying to, to not be around. And, you know, the, the thing that, that Arnie did was, uh, you know, he, he kind of took, took my mom away in the sense that, you know, they spent a lot of time together. I was alone uh, on the most part. My sister, as I mentioned, was a couple of years older than me. And, you know, she was about in seventh grade, eighth grade. And she spent a lot of time out of the house as well. So I, I was spending a lot of time by myself in the apartment. Um, you know, I did see my dad uh, on the weekends. I did see my dad um, once or twice during the week. But, you know, those those times were were, were quick. Um, I would sleep over here, there, and the other. So uh, that was my, my my existence for about six years um, in that in that household. And then coming um, upon my sophomore year of high school, and keep in mind, when, where I grew up in Queens, you went to junior high school from 7th to 8th and 9th grade. So you didn't start high school until your 10th grade, sophomore year. The summer before my sophomore year, my, my mom and Arnie uh, went to Hawaii uh, for vacation and and they came back from Hawaii um, and I was a sleepaway camp and I came back as well from camp and they kind of dropped some some bomb on me and said we're moving to Hawaii and this was at the start of my sophomore year and I, and I just you know let them know that there's no way I was going uh, with them to Hawaii um, first of all you know I'm, I'm here I am excited I you know excited to go to high school be with my friends this is where I've lived this is where I grew up this is what I know this is where I was comfortable uh, secondly you know, Arnie and I just just didn't get along, and consider six years living together, not right. getting along. The last thing I want to do is is move away to you know somewhere thousands and thousands of miles away where I don't know anybody, and here I am stuck again. Uh, so my my uh, it was it was challenged. The challenge that the move to Hawaii brought to the family was that you know where where was I going to go? Because if I wasn't going to Hawaii with my mom, Arnie, and my sister, um, the the really only the only real choice for me was to move in with my dad. And my dad lived in Manhattan, as I mentioned, but he lived in a really, really small uh, studio apartment. So there really wasn't much space for me. Plus, right. where I was going to school in Queens, you know, I had to uproot myself. And, and now, and this was in the middle of my sophomore year, mind you, this was like December of my sophomore year where I had started school in, in Queens, in Hillcrest High School in Jamaica, Queens. And, you know, there, there was a lot of push and shove and hemming and hawing about me going with them and and I just I, you know just said no it's not gonna happen so there was some reluctance and hesitancy in, in having me go live with my dad but I wound up going to live with my dad and it was arranged through my high school in Queens that I was able to stay at Hillcrest High School so I moved in to the city my mom and Arnie my sister were, were gone in Hawaii and I wound up commuting every day from Greenwich Village, Manhattan to uh, Jamaica, Queens by train, which meant wow. that, that I had to get up at like 5.15, 5.30 in the morning, um, get dressed, you know, get myself together, walk to the subway, which is about 15 minutes, get on the subway, take the subway an hour into deep into Queens uh, and go to high school, right? So I did it. I, that's what I did for uh, 
several months, December, January, February, through the winter, uh, you know, but it was what I knew, it was what I had to do, what, what I needed to do, and that was my choice, right? I chose to move in with my dad. I chose not to go to Hawaii because uh, I thought that would be the better option for me. And it was fine. Everything was, was pretty cool. You know, I, I, I did have a lot of uh, alone time by myself in, in New York City. Uh, after school, think about, you know, school ends, you get on the subway and you go back to a tiny little apartment. Didn't even have my own bed. I slept on a sofa. Um, but my dad was working. He was dating. So I spent a lot of time, once again, you know, kind of just right. finding my way, walking around the city or just watching TV or getting my homework done, uh, this, that. So now we're, we're about in February, March of my sophomore year, and my dad um, gets sick. And what I mean gets sick is that he uh, suffered from severe depression and he needed to be hospitalized. So think about where, where I am now. Uh, you know, I'm living with my dad, my mom's in Hawaii, and my dad now has to get hospitalized. So where, where, where do I go? What happens to me? Uh, so uh, no way I was going to Hawaii. The decision was made that I was going to go live with my aunt, uh, my dad's older sister, who was about 60 years old at the time, who lived in Baldwin, Long Island. And this was now March of my sophomore year of high school. So I packed up my bags and, and moved to Baldwin, started uh, my, my second high school, and new environment, new people. Um, and I, was, I did that for three months. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Um, met some new people, like I mentioned, got into the groove a little bit. And that was the, the close of sophomore year of high school. So at the end of sophomore year, went back to sleepaway camp. My dad, thankfully, got better was out of the hospital. Um, and I, I would like to interject and just say that in my own story, interject that the, the depression that my dad suffered from was hidden from me for, for up until that time. I had no idea that he had suffered from, from depression. I had no idea that he was sick. And uh, you couldn't hide it from me any longer because when I was living with him, uh, there were, there were t just days upon days where he would just not get up, where the lights would go on in the apartment, where the, the shades would constantly be closed. and you know, that's when I started to realize that that something was really going on. And, you know, I didn't have anybody to turn to, um, but I so I did turn to my, my mom and, and let her know and my aunt. And that's when they kind of stepped in and said, you know, we got to pull you out of there and put your dad in the hospital. So um, back back to you know close of sophomore year, as I mentioned, um, tells me that uh, he met a woman who lives in New Jersey named Pat, and he's really in love with her. And he's got an apartment in New Jersey and we're going to live together, me, me and my dad. And I was psyched, you know what? I, I was happy to see my dad healthy. I was happy that my dad uh, met a woman and I was happy to finally have a place where I could be back with my dad. And if it was in Jersey, that that's terrific. So my dad bought, you know, gets a tiny little one bedroom apartment off Route 1 in Edison and moved in. I, once again, no, no bedroom, but I sleep on the sofa and I start my, my third high school uh, which was um, JFK in Isselin, mm -hmm. New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I go to Isselin, my, you know, and, and I, I was there for three months. I was there three months starting my junior year, and I hated every day, every minute of um, it. I was uh, kind of being tormented and bullied uh, by anti-Semitism. I was called Jew boy. Uh, nobody wanted to sit with me in, in, uh, at lunchtime. You know, don't sit with the Jew boy, this, that. It was just... It was just too much to where I finally just said to my dad and dad, I, I just can't handle this anymore. So we made the decision to move apartment, uh, started JP Stevens three months into my 
uh, junior year, so this is high school number four.、Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I was happy. I was meeting people. It was more my style, and I was I was thoroughly in, enjoying it. I, I was meeting friends, making really really great connections. My dad seemed happy. That's right. I had some sort of consistency.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, senior year starts. I now starting to think about colleges and you know where where my my next step is going to be. And I you know fast forward to about you know November early December of my senior year. And as I mentioned, just living with my dad, me and him.、Um, you know he he started to started to show show signs again of, of that depressive state. You know the the non communication. The darkness of the apartment, the the, the moods that he's、uh, having, I'm not really wanting to do anything, and it it, it was just、uh, you know reminded me of what happened my sophomore year when he had to get hospitalized, and once again you know I really didn't have anybody to to turn to, then a, a good friend of mine in in J P Stevens, his mom was a social worker, so she and and we were such close friends that you know she knew about my dad, knew about my past, and was was really helpful for me, and we had a conversation one night. In, in early December, and she asked me. She said, "Hey, you know, did you, did you ever ask your dad? You know, have you ever thought about asking your dad if he would, you know, thought of suicide, of killing himself?" And you know, I was I was taken aback by that question. You know, it was never a question I thought somebody would would ask me.、Um, so I, I let her know. You know, never ever would I have、right. thought that. You know, having the training of being a social worker, knowing that this is something that you can ask people and that you should ask people. Um, you know, and have that conversation with them. I, I said okay, and so that couple of weeks later, you know, that next that night actually,、um, I remember vividly. I walked into my dad's bedroom, and you know, I, I opened the you know opened the door and, and just sat on his bed with him, and I, I blatantly, flat out, just asked him. I said,、hey, Dad, have you ever, you know, considered killing yourself? And, and to that at that point, I don't remember the answer. I don't remember what exactly happened once I closed his bedroom door. Uh, but I do remember scurrying around the apartment and hiding knives and、um, and just trying to you know do whatever I could to、mm. make it so he he didn't have access to something that would potentially、uh, kill him or take his life. Yeah. And that night I remember、uh, not pulling out the sofa bed. I remember just laying on the sofa bed with the you know with the cushions and a pillow and and just staying up all night, my eyes wide open. And and at like two in the morning, my you know maybe it was three in the morning. My dad comes out of his bedroom and and he walks into my little area, into the living room where I was sleep, you know kind of up sleeping if you will.、Mm-hmm. And I remember us locking eyes. We we, we just kind of looked at each other in the eyes. It was about you know a, a second or two, and he turned around and went into his his bedroom. And that morning, you know, I I get up, I shower, I get ready for school. He actually got up. Showered and, and got ready for work, and we, we said goodbye. And I went off to school. And this is December seventeenth、uh, of my senior year in high school. And he goes off to work, and I come you know regular day of, of so I thought of high school, and I come back at you know three o'clock after school, come come back to the apartment, and I'm you know maybe making myself a little snack and, and doing some homework. And next thing I know, the the doorbell rings of the apartment, and that, which was rare. Nobody just popped on over <laughs> and rang the doorbell. So I, I look through the people, you know, I ask who is it, and there's two policemen standing outside the the door, and you know, it's the, the answer. It's it's the police.、Um, you know, as I open up the door, and, and here I am standing by myself, and and they come in and they tell me that my dad passed away. 
and they mentioned that he you know, died of suicide. And, um, you know, so I, I, all I remember is kind of freaking out in the way of just, you know, like, like just running around the apartment and in, in, in disbelief almost and in shock, obviously. But but that's when it, it, it ends in the sense that I just kind of go dark, right? My, my memory fades and my um, ability to, to see or know or understand conceptually what, what happened and, and look back and understand what, what transpired just is so such a repressed memory and, and yeah. dark in that I don't, I don't really know what happened. But I, I you know, so... What, what happens at that point is, you know, my mom had come back from Hawaii, uh, long story, not not necessary for, for this um, conversation, but she had come back, she broke up with Arnie, um, and I wound up li- moving in, because I had nowhere to go, right? Where, where do I go? My dad's, my dad's gone, um, yeah. you know, here I am in New Jersey, uh, and a friend, a different friend's parents uh, wound up taking me in. They said, you can come live with us. So I wound up living with a good friend for for the remainder of my time uh, throughout high school. Uh, one little thing to note is that my uh, in February of my senior year, so a couple a couple of months after um, my dad died, my, my mom's uh, Arnie came back to, to the area and he wound up getting murdered. So that happened uh, my senior year as well. So uh, I finished out my senior year of high school at J.P. Stevens, uh, wound up getting into college and moving on to, to college after that. So, um, you know, I, that's a, a long story that can be even longer um, with more detail. Uh, but sure. that kind of my, my childhood with with the focus on my, my high school years leading up to college. Yeah, that is some story. Um, I wish that it was just a story. That's your life though and I think as I've heard this story before but even now listening to you share it again I think to myself you've been set up to have some a pretty challenging college career as well as an adult career you know you've suffered from some pretty you know they call them aces adverse childhood experiences and you've suffered from several really traumatic experiences that many kids who experience those kinds of things grow up um, and not do well. And that's sort of when I said before, you know, that's my narrative. That's always been my you know, train of thought that if you're going to live through some of these experiences, it doesn't set you up typically to lead a fulfilling and successful life. So I want you to talk more about, you know, what happens to you when you go to college and, you know, you've turned out to be quite a successful and fulfilled um, adult. So you know, I, I wonder about how did that happen for you? And, and what was your experience like? You know, we could start with college. What was it like to go to college when you've had all of these experiences and now, you know, another transition, which you would think might be challenging and having to share that story perhaps with people who ask about where you've been? Yeah, so as it relates to going off to college, I think, you know, my, my outlook on it all <clears throat> was you know, I finally had a place where I was going to, to go away, right? I was not, not leaving anything behind, but looking forward, right? Looking forward to being in a place where, um, you know, as long as I get my grades up and was able to pay the tuition bills, um, you know, I knew that I was going to be in, in Amherst. I went to UMass Amherst uh, for four years, right? So it was a long time uh, for, for, that, I, that I hadn't been somewhere consistent, that I didn't know where the next place I was going to live was going to be. So 
uh, I fully embraced it. I, I was excited to go to college. I was excited to to explore, to start a new chapter, to, to meet new people. Um, you know, and, and my my experiences were were unique to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But then again, they were they were different to uh, than than many others in the sense that, and and maybe you and I have spoken about this before, in that, you know, my my childhood and and my family life, if you will, as a kid, you know, wasn't wasn't what other people have. It wasn't a, a mother, a father, a sister, and a brother relationship, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. a, a full loving um, environment. Uh, not that I didn't ever miss out on feeling loved. But, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in that uh, nuclear family, if you, you know, where, sure. where the connection to to my mom or my dad was 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 so strong, and, and the the relationship with my family was so strong that any event that had occurred uh, would have thrown a tremendous curveball into the family system. Mm-hmm. But being that the family system was already in disarray. Uh, you know, all these curveballs were just that, right? They were, they were curveballs that you had to, you know, using a baseball analogy, you, you had to sit, stay in the box and keep swinging and try to hit it, right? Um, yep. Because I've seen curveballs before and, and I knew kind of how to hit them. Was was I hitting a home run? Was I hitting a double, a single? I don't know, uh, but I was I was at least staying in the box and, and knowing what was coming at the time. Whereas others um, that hadn't seen these curveballs or hadn't seen some trauma, or haven't had experiences, and this this happens to them uh, out of nowhere. Uh, that's a different level of trauma, for, from my perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it's it's one one trauma is better or worse than the other. It's just a different level of trauma, a different expectation um, that that happens. So when I when I got to college, and and you know. Keep in mind, this was 30 years ago, so so mental illness and mental health um, was still taboo, especially someone you know, dying of suicide, or killing himself. I mean, that's that's real taboo, um, yeah. You know, and, and people didn't want to talk about that. So when when I was first in college, and, and you know, conversations would would go with you know, how'd your you know, how'd your dad die? If, if someone got that deep in a conversation, you know, my my response was he had a heart attack, right? I mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't say he died of suicide. Because I didn't, I didn't need to get into that conversation. I didn't, I didn't need to, to go there with, with people that I didn't know all that well. Um, but but that said, and, and one of the other reasons why I feel as if I was able to make a transition from from high school and the traumas that I that I experienced into college is because I never let the experiences that I had define me. I never I never thought of myself as that new kid in school whose dad is in the hospital. Or that new kid, that that kid who's now living with his friend's parents, or that kid whose dad killed himself or died of suicide, or mm-hmm. I never never thought of myself as that person, as that kid, and you know that's a level of, of baggage that people bring with them, um, unfortunately, uh, because they they let that occurrence define who they are, versus sure. versus staying a little bit on the outside and seeing it for 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 what it is. Um, so what did you think of yourself as? If you weren't that kid, who were you? You know, I, I was just me. I, I, I didn't, I was the kid who was laser focused on getting to college, right? Mm-hmm. I was the kid who wanted to make, make friends. I was the kid who wanted to do well in school. I was the kid who um, wanted to play baseball in high school. I was, I was focused on, on me and, and 
doing what was best for me um, and trying to, to stay focused. Okay. You know, so like I said, I, I if, if I, for a moment said, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to, my parents are going to get the, my parents got divorced and, you know, that's going to throw me off the ledge or um, my dad's getting hospitalized and I'm going to go live with my aunt and I'm going to be the new kid in high school. Um, you know, how am I going to deal with that? I, I didn't even, I didn't internalize it. I didn't think about it that way. I just stepped right. it and, put, you know, woke up the next day and, and went on with my business. So am I lucky? I don't know. You know, was I lucky that all these things happened to me? And then I was lucky that I was able to, to deal with it the way I was. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, but looking back and, and you know, understanding the, the, the frame that I put on it now is, you know, it's, I called it my three P's, um, you know, perspective plus positivity equals perseverance. And if you put things into their proper perspective as best you can, and you do your best to stay positive throughout experiences. Um, my my hope is that you'll persevere, and mm-hmm. I'm a true testament to that. And that's how I continue to look at things, and that's how For I've sure. always looked at things. And you know, I always had a roof over my head. I always had a place to sleep. It might not have been consistent. It might not have been what I what I was hoping for. Uh, but then again, it's it was me. It was what I had, and I didn't know any different. I knew different in the sense that I knew other kids didn't go through what I went through, but I wasn't other kids. I was me, and I had my own unique experience. So, um, you know, getting getting back to the, the college, you know, like I said, I, I looked at it as a real great opportunity for me, and one of the goals that I've always wanted to achieve was to get to college. My mom didn't go to college. My dad didn't go to college. My sister didn't go to college. So I was the first of that, you know, little nucleus to, to go to college. And uh, maybe my mom went to New Paltz for like a couple of months. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt good about that accomplishment. And, you know, I, I had a new lease on life. And, yeah. You know, I was able to- It sounds like you were able to, you know, a lot of people when they've had trauma, they lose this sense that they have control over their lives and they because bad things have happened to them that they had no control over. So oftentimes you feel like this, you know, like a victim that that bad things are going to happen and I don't get to stop them from happening and you just assume bad things are going to happen again. You didn't have that. You really felt like despite all of these bad things, you still have control and you can get yourself to college and you can start a new life and such an interesting study. Uh, I wish that more people had that sort of internal sense of power that you had well they you use the word control and i think that it's not a matter of having control or not having control mandy i think it's everybody has control we all have it it's mm-hmm. what you do with that control how you respond to the control how you activate that control and for mm-hmm. me i controlled the way i responded and reacted to the situations that were happening yeah and i chose to control the way I held myself in a positive way. I looked yep. at things, um, not not that they were positive um, things that were happening, but my control, the way I dealt with it was mm-hmm. as positive as I could. Whereas yep. other people, they still have that control, but they control it in a different way. They respond in a different way, they react in a different way. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm just wired differently, but I think yeah. it, everyone has control. It's what they do with that control. You know, my my focus was on building 
a family, right? Having having what I didn't have, you know, having、yeah. experiences、um, in life that that I missed out on、um, as as a child and as a young adult.、Mm-hmm. And my my goal was to you know fast forward to to now that I'm you know fifty fifty one fifty two years old. You know, I've I've had you know I've I've achieved that goal, right? That goal、yeah. of having my my kids, my, my wife, living in in a house in a nice town, and you know that what I never had, and I always wanted, and and I have that, but but I wanted that ever since I was in high school, ever since、yeah. college, and you know I wasn't letting anything get in the way of that, and you know that that was part of it too, because if if I was you know. Went went down a different path, or if I, you know, was, was hospitalized myself, or if I、um, couldn't turn a corner, or didn't look at things in in the, in the perspective that I did and stay positive, I wouldn't have what I have.、Yeah. Um, so, you know, may, maybe it's brain chemistry, maybe it's,、mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is,、um, yeah. you know, but but it's worked for me. It sure has. I think we can all teach ourselves to think more positively, which can cause us to behave differently. What What do you think was helpful to you, like throughout your college career, like being in college so soon after your dad died, and what were some of the supports that either you found or that you know you sort of fell into that were helpful to you to get you know, to make it through college in such a positive way? Yeah, good good question. You know, looking back, there there was no, at least I didn't seek it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, you know, mental health was was still something that you didn't really talk about, right? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't seek out help. You kind of suppressed it. You kind of hid it. And even though I didn't suffer from you know any any mental health issues,、um, you know, having my dad die of suicide while I was living with him,、um, you know, looking back, I probably wish that I did have some sort of outlet or some sort of. Person to to connect with and, and speak with. So, what what I did, I don't you know. I, I just made a lot of friends. I got involved in in different groups,、uh, the basketball team at school, and、um, you know did some some you know just just kind of made made a lot of friends and, and、mm-hmm. spent my time just kind of doing the right thing, going to class, you know, making sure that that I was getting ahead. And、yep. and really just just staying active, you know, and、mm-hmm. you know nothing nothing that I could point to、um, where I had deep conversations with people or had an outlet.、Uh, but I just I just embraced the time. I embraced being being independent. I embraced the consistency and just being amongst people that that I was able to choose to be around. Mm-hmm. Your point of control, I was able to control that, right? I was able、yeah. to to control the people that I interacted with. I was able to control, not control, you know, to choose that those people.、Um, mm-hmm. And I got really, you know, I was fortunate because I had four. You know, actually, I stayed there for five years, but I had, I had some some amazing friends, amazing group of friends、um, that really, you know, and they knew my story,、um, probably not as in depth as as I've told it. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew what I went through, and, and they were incredibly supportive.、Um, they never ever thought of me as, as you know, someone who you know. They never defined me as, as oh, Mike, you know, you know, went through this, that, and the other.、Um, so, you know, I, I think, but like I said, looking looking back, and if, if I was, if it, if it happened to me today,、um, you know, things would be a bit different. 
I feel in that mental health, um, there's so much more, um, so many more resources. It's, it's so much more in the forefront. Um, it's not taboo. Uh, and, and I would encourage anyone that is starting college and, and leaving um, off for college with, with traumatic experiences um, that they've experienced, uh, whether it was in their you know, recent past or distant past, you know, to, to seek out um, you know, the mental health services or mm-hmm. to, to you know, join groups um, yep. and, and to be with, with other kids um, that, that have had similar experiences because I think that that communal um, bond is, is kind of neat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I never never sought that out, mm-hmm. never even thought to, to look for that, um, but I would uh, encourage that in, right. in kids that are heading off to college now. Right. Although I have to say, it sounds like you kind of found it. I mean, you didn't know that maybe you were doing that, but you found a group of friends that you felt like you could talk to and share your story. And I'm sure they had their own stories that you were able to talk about with them. So you didn't look for formal support because it might not have been maybe not as prevalent, but certainly uh, the stigma around that was uh, probably bigger then. But it does sound like you really did find yourself a support system. Oh, without a doubt. And I think, you know, you know, for me, having gone what through what I what I've having been through you know having mm-hmm. experienced what I, what I had and when I tell my story even in college or you know it, it is it is a sense of personal pride in the sense that I was able to get to college even though I was went through so much I was able to continue to focus on my my schoolwork I was able to you know no one no one was there to help me um, um, with my schoolwork no one was able to help me to guide me through the college application process no one was there to, to guide me um, with the SATs, and you know, I, I kind of did all that by myself. And the more I tell my story, the more the the more I see and hear the reactions of people. Um, it kind of just first gives me some a certain personal sense of pride, not not to not not what happened, but how I've been able to to deal with um, and and experience my life. In the way that I've that I've wanted to, so Good for you. But, mm-hmm. and that and that said, I think you know other other kids that are in my shoes thirty years ago that are going to college now, you know, I I, I feel it, it, they shouldn't be ashamed of telling their story. They shouldn't be ashamed of telling what they went through. And and you know, if they're in college, that means they accomplished something throughout it all. Yeah. And and they should feel happy about that. They should feel proud about that. And and it's it's a completely different you know it's it's not it, it's not a bad thing to feel pride about what you've accomplished um, in spite of um, the challenges that you had you know I, I encourage children you know young young adults going to college now that have been through trauma to to you know tell their story and and, and feel good about it and not be defined by it. It clearly seems like it's been helpful for you to be able to share, and I hope. I am I'm sure it's been helpful for people to hear it, even if they're not quite willing to share yet. Knowing that someone has been through other traumas is always good to know. So I appreciate the normalization and the validation that so many people get from hearing your story. Yeah, and, and the validation is 100% uh, true in that, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, I, I speak at, you know, I spoke at the, the local high school here um, to every senior in, in uh, their health classes, and I 
spoke to about, you know, maybe seven, eight, ten different health classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a Q&A and there were responses and um, just the reactions and the, and the responses uh, are all incredibly positive. And, and you know, I, I, you know, if I was able to help one kid or 10 kids or, you know, 500 kids, whatever it may be, um, that, that's great. And yeah. I do know that the, the feedback um, was incredibly positive. Uh, and, and I do know that kids heard my story and were helped by hearing the story. Absolutely. I'm going to ask in a few minutes how other people can get in touch with you if they're interested in having you speak to an organization. But before I do that, um, I always ask my guests at the end of our podcast, what's one thing that you're doing now during this pandemic to take good care of yourself? Yeah, sure. So I've, I've started reading a whole lot. I was mm. I was a reader, but I've mm-hmm. now become a, a reader. <laughs> um, I, I have a routine where every morning I, I get up early. I'm probably up around six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, make some coffee, and I and I sit in the quiet with with a with a book. Mm-hmm. Try to bang out you know thirty to fifty pages in in the morning, quiet time. And uh, so I've I've started to to really read on a on a daily basis, bang bang through all different types of books, which which has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some meditation books, some memoirs, some nonfiction, fiction, all, all different stuff. Mm-hmm. You have a good recommendation? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. So, okay. actually, you know, some, some topical ones. Mm-hmm. I just finished a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. I'm uh, reading it right now. Okay. So, yeah, I just finished that by Ibram mm-hmm. Kendi. Yep. It was a great book. I also, um, before that, I, I read a book called The Wax Pack. Uh, which is a baseball book by a, a gentleman named Brad Baluchian, uh, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I also read a book called Know My Name by Chanel Miller. Yeah. Uh, so that, I've been doing that, and I've been running a lot. I, I, I've, I've been running my, pretty much my entire life, but never to the uh, extent that I've started to run since the pandemic, since you know, gyms have closed. And um, I've been running about uh, 20 miles a week now. And wow. You know, and, and I don't wear headphones. I just go out and think. It's it's my, you know, running meditative state, if you will. Mm-hmm. So so reading and running, and like you said, I'm I'm a hot sauce aficionado. <laughs> so um, a hot sauce entrepreneur, I should say. Yes. Um, you know, I've been making uh, small batch hot sauce and selling it. So mm-hmm. I, I do that every month, and people seem to love it, which is great. And, and you're a you're a proud and happy customer. Yes, I am. So those are the things that I've I've been doing. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your story. How can people, if they want hot sauce or if they'd like to uh, hear you speak to, you know, their organization or their class or their school, how can they get in touch with you for either one of those things? Right. So I I do have different email addresses for my speaking, for my hot sauce and then personal. But just just to make it easy, um, my email address is MikeHammer55 at gmail.com. So uh, if you want hot sauce, if you want to have me come speak, or if you want to just reach out, um, do it at MikeHammer55 at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Mike. Sure. Oh, and one, one other thing they can check yeah. out on my ham, Hammer's High Heat uh, is my um, hot sauce brand, and they could go to at Hammer's High Heat on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. All right. You got it. My pleasure. Thank you. It was uh, right. I really enjoyed the conversation. Join us next week 
I'm interviewing my good friend, Jocelyn Matthews. She and I speak about racism on college campuses and how that relates to loss. It's not an easy conversation. As I try to increase my own understanding and become more aware of my own racial biases, I get a little uncomfortable. But I think if you ever want to heal and learn, we need to put ourselves in uncomfortable spaces. I hope you will all listen to our conversation and think about how racial biases, privilege, and how we all can play a part in eliminating the grief that results from racism on college campuses. So that's all for today. Good morning to all of you. Thank you.